Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. All right, I intend to answer. People are saying, Dr. Ray, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Yes, I do. I only have two. One is to get back into the shape I was before the accident. And... The second one is to stop referring to the fact that I ate too much junk food as the accident. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. That is the program. That is a co-production of EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communications. I've toyed with not giving out the number of the program at all because one didn't need to see who really has it committed to memory. You give out the number, it makes it a little too easy to call in. You can write it down. I want to see those folks who have it pinned up somewhere on the refrigerator, closet, back of the toilet, somewhere. Maybe magic markered on their toughest kid's forehead. Anything like that. However, I've talked to my producer, Rand Andrew Kruchek, and my call screamer, Eric Dumont, and neither one of them agrees. So in that case, I've voted two to one. The number to get onto the program is 877-573-7825. Phrase that a different way, 877-573-7825, or my favorite, 877-57-EQUAL. That's the easiest one to remember by far. If you have a question about some circumstance, some person, some event, some past, some future, some present in your life, or you got a helpful suggestion for someone else, we get a lot of those. Those are very nice. Some people call in and say, this is uh, something that I've learned in my many years of attempting to live a good life, to walk in the faith. That's good stuff, too, all of which I take notes on, uh, plagiarize, and then uh, put them in books and make one whole lot of money. (laughs) Not really. Book writing is not a good way to make money. You know where the money is? I'll tell you where the money is. It's in speaking. That's right. Speaking is where if you want to make a good income and you're good at it, that's where it is. 877 57 equal is the number to call to get onto the program. couple of items of business before we move to the monologue and your calls. The response for our January 16th tapings in Birmingham is anemic. 
Yeah, it's anemic. Now, I suspect this. Okay, this is to show you how we shrinks avoid taking something personally. It's during the day. The shows are nine, ten thirty, one, and two thirty. Down at the EWTN studios. Now, during the day is tougher. It is it's definitely tougher. I almost didn't make it because I had to work, you know. So the response is rather tepid, torporous, if you would like to be in the audience. Because there's no question, I've said this so many times, the audience makes the show. They are responsible for interactions. They are responsible for questions. They are responsible for clapping really, really loud and making me look appreciated in so many ways. Love to have you. We only got one more week to sign up. Go to EWTN.com forward slash Dr. Ray Live, D.R. Ray Live. And you can sign up for one, two, three, or four. Now, all we need is basically two homeschooling families of six children apiece to sign up. There you go. You got uh, two, six, about 14 people right there added on. And by the way, please bring the kids. We love having the kids there. The youngest child we've ever had, I believe, was two months old. And the oldest person we ever had was 102. For the record, that was not Teresa Tamio. Okay. So, love to have you. Go to EWTN.com, DRA Live. Now, another in the raw, selfish self-promotion. My book just came out. It's called Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. It has just been released by EWTN Publishing. It is a re-release of an earlier book. It is dramatically cleaned up and updated and ready to go. Seventy of the most common conditions I get, questions I get, from parents with kids, say maybe 10, 11 on up. Or unless you got a six-year-old girl, she's six, who thinks she's going on 16. Or you have a seven-year-old who's acting lazy. David, we'll get to you in a second. So given all that, you can get it from EWTN, the catalog. You can get it from Sophia Press. You can get it from your local Catholic bookstore. And you can get it from my website, drraydrray.com, and it's a signed copy. So the book is available now. Uh, it was the second biggest seller that I had uh, in a previous publisher that I had. The first biggest seller was Discipline That Lasts a Lifetime, and then the teen book, which is the focus on the teen questions and don't don't get misled by teen i mean you can go down to 10 11 12 um the second biggest seller so apparently it's it's tapping into something so enough of the raw self-promotion big dog coming at you this thing looks mean and it's big you're standing there he doesn't look friendly at all, and he's coming forward. This is a scary situation. You're not in your car. You're you're kind of out there, sort of helpless. Your senses tell your brain there's danger here. There is significant potential of danger. So your brain 
tells your body, get ready. Get ready. You're going to have to act. You're going to have to do something. And the body says, okay, okay. Everything changes in the body. Big cascade of physiological events. The autonomic nervous system kicks in. The sympathetic nervous system as it is to fight, flee, or perhaps freeze if you don't know what else to do. Now you think, I could flee, but the dog's a lot faster than I am. He's got four legs. I got two. Uh, If I freeze, uh, then I'm just going to get what's coming at me. I guess I've got to get ready to fight. Maybe I'll kick. Maybe I'll kick. Maybe I'll swing. Maybe I'll put my heavy coat up and try to try to block anything that this dog's teeth are heading for. So your body is in martial defense mode because there's real danger there. Your body is doing what it is told. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Old, old, old TV series with June Lockhart. My dad always thought June Lockhart was so cute. It's a defense. God wired that into us for survival. It's a gift. It is truly a gift. In that case, your anxiety is a gift. You also belong to a a church organization in your parish. And as the president, as the point person, you're going to be obliged to speak after Mass to the congregation. The thought terrifies you. You do not at all want to get up in front of people. Your brain tells your body, danger, danger. You're sitting in mass and you're anxious the whole time you're sitting in mass. And it's getting worse as it's getting toward the end. Oh boy. The recessional hymn. I hope they think I hope they sing five verses. I know I usually walk out in the third verse, but this time I'm going to sit there for the whole five verses. And what happens? Oh boy. Your brain is telling your body, "Get ready. There's danger." So all the exact same things happen in your body that happened with the dog. You start to breathe more. Your muscles get ready. Blood is taken from the inner organs out to the muscles where it could really be used immediately for the danger. Heart starts beating faster, harder. Got to get the blood out there. Pupils widen up, you know, because you got to see better what the danger is. So given, uh, given all that, The body just does what it's told. In the case of the dog. In the case of the talk. Okay, caller, I will do that in a second. So, what's my point? Well, in one case, there's real danger. That dog represents danger. In the other case, there's no danger. Unless you're afraid somebody's going to bite you as you walk up to the podium. 
There's no danger. But you're acting like there is. This is the first thing to remember whenever you're in an anxious situation. Is there danger or is there just distress? I don't like distress, Dr. Ray. Yes, but what happens is the distress creates the urge to run, flee, get ready to fight, freeze. And what happens is you avoid things that you really don't want to avoid because of the distress. But there is no danger. So just tell yourself, the feeling I'm experiencing is my body telling me there's danger, but there isn't any danger. That's the lesson. Caller, want me to say where to sign up in the audience? Yes, ma'am. Yes, person. EWTN.com. It's easy enough to remember. EWTN.com. Forward slash. You know what a forward slash is? I had to learn it. My six-year-old nephew taught me. Forward slash. D-R-R-A-Y. Dr. Ray. D-R-R-A-Y. Live. Wait a minute. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, EWTN.com forward slash. See, EWTN.com takes you to their website. And then the forward slash takes you to the sign-up page, which is D-R-R-A-Y.com. And then you can sign up for one, two, three, or four of the shows. And you will be at EWTN, too. So that if I stink, you can quietly exit the audience, because the camera might not be on you, and they won't even notice you're gone. And you can head all over the EWTN beautiful grounds and see all the neat stuff. I'm Dr. Ray. I'm Jack Crisula. Please join us on Wednesday, January 17th at 6.30 p.m. at St. John's Resort in Plymouth for the Rosary, followed by a speech by Father Leo Petalinghug entitled Prophetic Compassion, How Christ Hears the Hungers of the Heart. Father is an award-winning chef, radio, and EWTN TV host. No registration is required. For more information, please email jack.crisula, K-R-A-S-U-L-A, at trustinus.com. What is the essence of the fourth commandment? In ordering us to honor our mother and our father, the Lord God has willed that after him we should revere our parents to whom we owe life and who have handed on to us the knowledge of God. The Catholic Catechism says the fourth commandment shows us the order of charity. It introduces the subsequent commandments concerned with special respect for life, marriage, earthly goods, and speech. It constitutes one of the foundations of the social doctrines of the Church. It is expressed specifically to children regarding their relationships to their parents because it is the most universal. But it also involves ties of kinship to the extended family and encompasses duties to elders, ancestors, pupils to teachers, employees to employers, citizens to their country, and to those who govern it. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. 
A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net. Ken, my age, I can hang about three. I always wonder what the hang ten meant. Apparently, that's some kind of surfboard thing, and my friend Bear Wozniak would uh, know this. He's a champion surfboarder. Where you put all ten toes over the front of the board, which is, I guess, some kind of incredible move. I I tried surfing, and I could not get a surfboard with training wheels. I would have. I would have tried it. David from Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Always wondered how that city got its name. Now, it's either because some guy named Scott founded the city on on or near a bluff, or he was just trying to fake people out. Hi, David. Hi. Well, I can tell you the story if you really want to know. Sure, I do. Uh, it was an explorer that got sick, and they dropped him off at a bluff, and they came back a few months later, and he wasn't there anymore, and he's presumed to be dead. His name was Scott, so that's the name of Scott's Bluff. They named it for him, huh? They just dropped him off even though he was sick. They said, hey, hope you get better. We're out of here. That's That's the story. Huh. Oh, okay. Well, now... How is it that you have labeled this seven-year-old lazy? Uh, In comparison to his siblings, he is very slow to do what we tell him to do. And he will uh, do everything as slow as possible uh, to get out of work. Well, David, you you think that's lazy, or do you think that's basically he just kind of Passive resistant. It could be that. Uh, it, it, you know, practically speaking, it's it's still frustrating. If you gave him his favorite video game and said, "Go ahead, you can play it, bud, as long as you want," would he say, "Oh, I don't know. That's kind of boring. I'm just..." I'd rather just sit here with my finger up my nose. I really don't want to. Would he do that? Uh, no, he, he would not. Oh. So, so his laziness is just selective. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, cleaning his room, cleaning the table, cleaning okay. up the table after dinner, uh, oh. doing his schoolwork. Does he drag it out? Or does he does he not do it, and you guys get on him? Uh, both. He, he drags it out, and he also sometimes does not do it. Okay. So, what do you do when he doesn't do it? Uh, a lot of times, we don't give him an independent task. Like he'll clean his room with his brother, and he'll just slow down until his brother does most of it. Uh, oh no, no, make but, him do it. Uh, yeah, no, we've tried that, and then he drags it out for for hours sometimes. Well, you can do a whole bunch of things. You can say, you can come out when it's clean to our satisfaction, son. That's the rule. 
You can say, well, I'm going to come in every hour, and I'm going to see how you're doing. And uh, if it's not picked up, I'm going to uh, take something. You're going to take it. I don't know when you'll get it back. We've tried that. Um, I always always hate, David, I always hate when parents say we've tried that. I hate that. Well, you know what that you know what that says that to me? Pretty often with the yo. Oh, we we do that pretty often with the the room cleaning. The the things where it's really frustrating is like uh, schoolwork. So we we homeschool. We've got four kids, and you know what would be a four hour school day? You know he'll drag it out all day, and it's it's not really an option just to let him go. You know until it's done because we have to get the piano lessons or we have to get the catechism class or we have to you know this or that it's it's uh we've got two hours to get it done and he'll just take up the whole time well he knows that he knows yeah, that he if, if he drags it out your schedule is going to kick in and therefore he he can he can skirt it so when he comes back is the work still waiting for him yes okay no problem. So you can say, you know, son, now I'm assuming there's no learning problem here. Probably what's going on is he's more immature than your other kids, and his learning doesn't come quite as easy to him, maybe. So the natural response is to retreat from the learning. Okay, I got that. We had, we had several like that. But what we said was, you don't get any privileges at all until your work is done. Now, if you want to drag this through the weekend and through Sunday, I, I guess okay. If we go out to eat, you're not going to eat because you've got schoolwork to do. We'll get you a sandwich before you go. You can't go outside. You can't watch anything. If we go to Grandma's house, you can't play with your cousins because you still got schoolwork to do. I mean, once he realizes that's the structure, he may take longer than his siblings, but he'll get it done. Yeah, uh, and that, that's worked a couple times. Uh, it's, it's always, it always reverts though. So we've done that. We'll get a good week out of them. And then you know what, David, you know what? I guess it doesn't revert. You and your wife revert. And you know that sometimes, yeah, sometimes you need adults need a break from the school too on the weekends. Well, no, but, but, but she doesn't, no, no, no. She's, she's not there to sit with him. No, 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 no. He sits at the table. He can have pee breaks. But that's it. Maybe one an hour or maybe one every two hours. No, no. No, no. She's not going to sit there and do his work. He knows how to do the work. She's explained it to him. Maybe she'll go back once every two hours and say, okay, here, you're going to get five more minutes of my time. No, no, no. He's got to see that this resistance bites into his his free time, and it's not going to inconvenience mom and dad or anybody else. And they're going to do a lot of really cool things that he's going to watch because he didn't have his work done. See, what happens is, I'm, yeah. I'm, reading, I'm reading between the lines here. What happens, David, yeah. is that parents get frustrated because the kid is just resisting them, and they bounce around trying all kinds of stuff instead of saying, this is how we operate. You don't have any privileges, freedoms, until your work's done. End of story. That's our rule. Until you're 22. That's the way it is. Once he's convinced you mean that, and that he cannot sabotage your structure... He will do it. He may take longer to do it, and he may need to mature a couple more years before his academic gears kick in, but it won't be the constant battle 
that it now is. It's got to be a battle. It's got to be frustrating, both for your wife and you and him all the time. Come on, just do these four problems. Just do these four problems, and then you can go. No, it's here you go, son. Here's the thing. Don't try it. David, do it. help Kate out here. Oh, Kate, this should not be. We got to find out what you are doing. First, let me give the number out again because Eric is getting all difficult. Oh, did she leave? Oh, just because I said her name. That's okay. I'd like to talk to Kate, but if she doesn't want to talk to me, this this is interesting. This is what happened in college. You know, I'd, I'd pick up the phone. I'd say, hi, Kate, and then they'd hang up. And that's what I just did. All right, here's what Kate said. She's been weightlifting for a year and a half now. And the feeling afterwards is it's like she got hit by a bus. Is all that worth it? Kate, those that soreness should be long, 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 long gone. Now, are you doing things to, to tweak your muscles or certain exercises that can put a strain on certain parts of your body that you're still you're still trying to lift through it instead of changing the exercise i uh, we have a standard joke with my brother and i as we get older there's less particular exercises we can do because they affect certain body parts that hurt all right so are you are you straining too hard there's a lot of research that says you'll get pretty close to maximum benefit if you stop one or two repetitions short of your maximum, are you absolutely grunting it out to get that last rep, which risks injury and risks all kinds of soreness? Something is there, Kate, to explain why you still feel this way after lifting for a year and a half. You should be at the point where you're never, ever sore unless you take a two-week break. And then you go back and pick it up as hard as you left. And yeah, the next couple of days you're going to be a little sore. But short of that, I really would have to wonder what it is. And that's why I wish you would have stayed on the line, Kate. What it is in your in your particular regimen that is causing this. All right, let's go to Donna from Philadelphia. Ho, Donna. Hey, Donna. Donna, Donna, ho. How are you? Hi. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am fine, my dear. What's up? Okay. Well, my husband and I adopted two children from Moldova in 2008, and we're pretty sure they were trafficked and had a horrible, traumatic experience. Uh, We got them when they were six and seven. So my daughter is a 4.0 student, and my son is actually, I think we think, pretty sure he's a drug addict. you not living Yesterday, with you? He, no, uh, we, we've had several therapists. Like from the beginning, wh- when kids come as school-age children, they lose their language in 12 weeks, and it takes three years to get functional language. 
so they kind of became feral while they couldn't talk and communicate. And we were told to send them back. And we kind of thought that would be a death sentence for them. So we stuck through it and have had tons of different therapists and different, you know, some say that I'm, I'm the problem. Some say, you know, uh, he has a stress-shaped brain. He's wired differently. So he stayed overnight on Sunday because we were trying to help him create an LLC. He wants to be a fashion designer, but he's failed out of two schools, not because he's not smart. He can write papers for other people and even a master's degree program. Well, that's where he can make his money. Yeah. Well, that's good. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah, he does stuff for other people, but he's told quite a few professors off when he's been enrolled in school. Well, yes, he's uh, oppositional. So uh, he smoked pot in my house. It makes me sick. And I told him, you know, basically I told him, you have to go to rehab. Or we cut off his phone because he wouldn't call the rehab. And I said, next week we cut off your internet. And at the end of the year, we're not pay- we've are not we been paying his rent because he's unemployed. So <clears throat> my husband... Wait, wait, wait. You've, go- been, you've been paying his uh, internet and phone as he lives in an apartment? Yeah. Well, this therapist that he was going to, we have family therapy, said, he has to move out. It's not safe for you. You have to move out. And, you know, we uh, said we would pay a portion of the rent and he would pay the rest of it because he was going to be doing minimum wage jobs just to get him out of the house. And uh, so we set him up in a nice part of Philadelphia and he subsequently lost two jobs and we're paying the whole rent the internet and I told my husband last night and he agreed to cut off the uh, cell phone like to suspend it and he can still use um, he can still use the internet to make calls so we said when you go into rehab then we'll start to support you succeeding again we'll we'll pitch in but we can't do anything else with you right now it's sort of like you can't fix your mind with the same wrong thoughts you've been having. So we're not doing it anymore. So um, I guess the question is, it, since they are wired differently and he is a mess, we cut him off. Like, how far do we let it go? Like, he might die. <clears throat> well, it doesn't surprise me, Donna, that therapy didn't work. Kids who are, well, in his case now, he'd be considered conduct disorder. Probably unsocialized, non-aggressive. But in in they're very low success rates. You can go through all kinds of therapy. Therapy is something that uh, you have to have cooperation. And I would suspect he was doing it probably because you insisted upon it. Or or he figured, okay, I'm hitting a low point, I better do it. But when it turned out to be not what he thought it would be, he quit. Um, well, it's actually, um, I hate to tell you, it's been a lifestyle. Like from, I, I think one of the first sentences my daughter ever said is, what doctor are we going to today? Because I just constantly was reprogramming them as much as possible. Well, I want to give you, I want to give you, I'm going to, we're going to bounce up against a break here, my dear. I want to give okay. you... Um, a sense of encouragement because 
what you did was extremely high risk. If you just said to me, I'm adopting a six and a seven-year-old who have been trafficked, sexually abused, sexually misused. First thing I would say is, God bless you. God be with you. God hold your hand. God help you in the struggle. Because what you're doing is heroic. Absolutely heroic. The odds of success are low. However, look at your daughter. She, you gave her you gave her the stability that she could take advantage of. So, fantastic. 50% there. Your son, different kid, different wiring. Who knows how ugly his, his history was? Who knows what the womb was like that he was in? Lack of nutrition, drugs, alcohol, neglect. Who knows? But that, that makes a brain that doesn't work all that well. And to navigate modern culture is a, an ingredient. Let me, let me hold you over the break because there's a lot I want to say about this. 877-57-EQUAL is the number. 877-573-7825. We definitely want to hear from you. About halfway through the show, uh, I can continue to talk on my own, but I'd certainly rather to have you talk too. What I believe is an incredibly heroic woman, heroic mother, Donna from Philadelphia. Let me recap here. They adopted two children, a boy and a girl, along uh, about uh, six or seven years of age, who had a, what, what they suspect is an absolutely horrific history. Uh, especially with the children particularly the son, uh, their, their life has been uh, not only one of family stability, but one of ongoing therapy and particular interventions. The daughter seems to have thrived. Donna and her husband gave this young lady, basically rescued her from probably an early death or a, a level of misery few of us could imagine. The son has had ongoing problems and right now is 21 years old and living in an apartment, not being able to hold a job, perhaps, as Donna suspects, drug addicted. And they've been supporting him financially. A previous therapist told her to get him out of the house because it was dangerous. But Donna and her husband said, well, he, he can't make it at all on his own. He doesn't have the the wherewithal in his judgment or his brain matter to make it. So therefore, we're going to do our best to support him with um, cell phone and Internet. They've decided to cut off the cell phone and Internet because he's not seeking any kind of rehab. Donnie, you still there? Yes, I am. Thanks. Already, my dear. Your son, it doesn't surprise me that your son has struggled like this. Not at all. The one thing I think I can give you, and hopefully you'll take it, is that if somehow, some way, you and your husband are second-guessing yourselves, what could we have done differently? What more could we have done? 
What didn't we anticipate? Stop it. Stop it right now. Okay. You you know, Donna, on the basis of you're okay, that means you were doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I do to an extent, and my husband still thinks that we're going to be able to teach him boundaries. We're... You know, there's one more thing. There's one more thing. And I think life is going to teach him that. Okay. Donna. And hopefully it teaches him before something very serious happens. Because you, between the lines, said he's living a, a high-risk lifestyle. Yeah. All that said, you have a decision to make. And the decision is yours and your husband's. My guess would be you don't quite totally agree. Uh, your husband thinks that just come on, we got to got to prop him up one more step, prop him up one more step, prop him up one more step, and he continues to sabotage and and not be motivated to take advantage of those steps. You're feeling, well, I mean, we we may get to a point where he's got to stand on his own without us, and your husband says, "Where's he going to go? He's going to live on the streets." Yeah, probably, um, or a shelter or something. You got to make that decision. I can't make that decision for you. But I will tell you this. Uh my 10 children are adopted and some of them had horrific histories. Not as horrific as yours, but horrific. A couple of the ones that had the most horrific histories at age 18, I had to put him in a homeless shelter uh, because he was not cooperative. And by the way, that young man is now 27, and before I came to the show, I dropped off his cruise line jacket. He works on a cruise line. He's doing wonderfully. As a matter of fact, he's probably making more money than any of my other college-educated kids. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, it turned out fine. However, you're going to have to make a decision, and the decision is, are we helping him more by doing this, or are we hurting him more by doing this? Now, it sounds to me like you've gone over and above parental duties. That's just my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I think he thinks it's hilarious that he can manipulate. He can, I, have, I had an, an addicted brother, so I've been through Al-Anon. My husband is just from Ivy League, an Ivy League family. So he tries to handle it intellectually. And... Um, and he's such a good Catholic. He's so good-hearted. And our son uh, plays him like a fiddle. And he's not stupid. He's not emotionally stupid. He's he's a provider and a protector. So I'm going to try to get him into Al-Anon. And he is trying to... I think you might want to get your husband into a a group for parents. Uh, okay. Yes, like that. Because I think he's going to need to hear how some of the other parents had to handle these situations, probably with more firmness and definitiveness than your husband right now is willing to do. Yeah, he doesn't understand it. Yeah. Okay. But just hearing that you put your son in the homeless shelter oh, yeah. and your PhD, oh, yeah. that's very helpful. <laughs> it was the best move. It was the best move. If he was not going to cooperate and he hit 18, well, legally... I no longer had to keep him in my home. And so that's what happened. And thereafter, there were a number of times that we helped set him up in apartments, and he sabotaged them, and that was it. 
Money stopped. Shut off all money. Shut it all off. And he had to get a job if he was going to eat, as St. Paul says. So uh, now he's got a job and makes more money, as I said, than any of his brothers or sisters. And they're and some of them are pretty high professionals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Thank I'll talk you, to Dr. you. Ray. Thanks, Donna. This is Doctor A. When we come back, yeah. Well, you got to take a call from somebody named Angelica. I mean, that's 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 a law. It's a law on EWTN broadcasting. Every woman deserves specialized health care. At Arbor Women Health, our team of compassionate professionals listen to our patients and want to understand what they're going through. They serve everyone from teen girls to seniors. Our faith-based clinicians specialize in obstetrics, gynecology, fertility awareness and crisis, or unexpected pregnancies. Call 734-930-4020 or visit arborwomenhealth.com. Org. Arbor Woman, faith-inspired, dignity-affirming health care. Food for the Journey, Sister Ann Shield. You know, we would avoid a lot of difficult arguments just spouting off at the mouth, as we sometimes say. Just ask the Lord, give me the words to say. Maybe I'm rightfully angry, but if I just shout and yell and scream, what good is that going to be? Brothers and sisters, God can give us much more control over our anger, over our fear, over our language. And so whenever you're in a tight spot, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, what would you have me do here? God is good. I don't mean he's going to say words that will come down from heaven. But if you pause just for a moment, you'll get hold of yourself and you may well get a thought that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's just quiet, but it's enough to bring down the steam. And then you think what is really right to say here. You might be justifiably angry. How do we respect the other person while we're correcting them? Please, brothers and sisters, let us open our hearts to God in those moments. Sister Ann Shields gives you food for the journey weekday mornings at 645 and again at 1130 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Ray Durandi. Program Doctor is in. Again, if you would like to be live on the uh, taping, that <laughs> doesn't make sense, of Living Right with Dr. Ray in uh, Birmingham, EWTN, next week uh, in the audience. You get to see the EWTN studios. Go to EWTN.com. Our Ray Live. And you can sign up for one, two, three, or four. And bring in as many as you want. Bring that dog. I was reading in the manual, uh, the uh, broadcast manual put out by uh, my friends and bosses at EWTN, that anybody whose name is Angelica... Uh, just jumps to the front of the line. I mean, it's just the way it is. Hi, Angelica. How are you? Hello? Hi, Angelica. Hi. I think that's a good policy that EWT necessarily has. <laughs> well, Especially today. you're getting your son tested for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder because he's impulsive, but... He, for example, he scratched up your newly painted walls with a knife. Now, that's that's not ADHD behavior. That's 
nasty behavior. Right. So what makes you think he's ADHD? Okay, well, I talked to Dr. Michael Horn, who I guess works with Catholic Charities, and that's why he suggested ADHD. I, I don't know. He he does have attention issues. He always has, but he's homeschooled, so I never worried about it. But he's been doing things like removing a TV from my parents' house, changing my Gmail password so he can log on to a, a, a laptop that he's locked out of, doing whatever he can, really, to obtain access to screens. That, that just sounds like he, he wants to do what he, sounds like he wants to do what he wants to do, and uh, he's going to try that's to right. get around your that's rules it. and limits. That's not ADHD. Constantly. That's, that's just defiance and uh, resistance okay. and challenging of the rules. And All right. the, the way to deal with that, or to hopefully make it better, is the parent. You're not going to convince right. him not to do that. And I suppose you could take right. him to, to a doctor and say, well, he's always had attention problems, and you'll get medication. But the medication likely is not going to change the defiance. It's not going to change the sneakiness. Okay. That's not going to change. Um, so what do we need to do? Well, you need to buy my book. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I'm okay. looking at the clock here, my I dear. Have and more I more than one book, so which one? <laughs> do you have the teen book? <sighs> Probably. All right. That's I haven't read book. it recently. Well, that's okay. the one you need to have because it talks about all, all this right. stuff. It talks about all of it because it sounds to me, and I, and I don't know where all this is coming from, but it sounds to me like uh, do you have a number of children. So I'm expecting our ninth next month. Okay, then he is your toughest. And he's the third. Right, he's, he's your toughest. And if you're going to oh, have you're going to have eight kids, you're you're going to you're going to have a tough kid. Nine. So yeah. given given that, um, you you probably have underestimated what you need to do to deal with this kid. Okay. Because the other kids didn't challenge you like this. Uh, right. He he challenges you way above all the others, and they're looking at him going, what the heck is wrong with him? What is wrong with mom right. that he gets away with this stuff? So right. that's what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to sit down, I'm assuming you're married with your husband, and say, okay, we've we got uh-huh. to establish some boundary lines here, some markers, and we've got to tell him what we're going to do about these things. Because a lot of this stuff right. is just simply sneaky defiance is what he's doing. Right. And whether he's ADHD or he's not, he's still doing this kind of stuff. And you can't right. say, well, because he's ADHD, I guess we'll have to give him some leeway. No, that's no. not the way it works. So check that yeah. book out, Angelica. I'm glad you got it here so it doesn't sound like I'm pushing, I'm pushing my stuff. I'm glad you still got it. No, no, no. It'll deal with a lot of that. I'll talk to you. Okay, thank you. All right, Kate is right, back. Then. Kate is sore. I hope she could pick up the cell phone Without a bicep tear. Hi, Kate. <clears throat> Hello, how are you? You didn't hear my, my rather, um, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Extensive answer about why you yeah. shouldn't be feeling all this this beat-upness that you're feeling after lifting for a year and a half. Yeah, well, you know, you're always constantly trying to maybe um, increase the weights each time, so, or each week, or, you know, every couple weeks. You can't but, do that for no, a year and a half, Kate. Okay. There's no way. When, I, when you started, you could, but after a year okay. and a half, you're not gonna you're not gonna change your weights every week or two. That's crazy. And what's probably <laughs> happened? This is one of the things that I said is I said, Kate, if you're still getting sore, which you shouldn't be getting sore, but if you're okay. getting sore, there's a couple of explanations. One, you are okay. tweaking muscles. You're straining them. Mm-hmm. Okay, worst case scenario, you're putting a little minor micro tear in them. 
And that just that mm-hmm. can just make you hurt like crazy. Okay, that's yeah. one. You're pushing too hard. Or two, okay. what is happening is you just keep increasing the weight and you're getting to the point where your last rep or two is a terrible strain. You're pushing, you're grunting, you're groaning. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do mm-hmm. that. 90 plus percent okay. of your gain is going to come before you get to that last rep or two of push. Okay. 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 So so that's the thing. Now you've probably doubled or tripled your weights since you started, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It went from like being just a lift a bar to, you know, bench pressing 65 75, yes. you know. There you so, go. You've doubled your you strength. Know, deadlift too. Yeah. So okay. You, you're, and, you're, and say, you're a beast. You you're a beast. <laughs> well, you well, you good, I appreciate Okay, it. here's a way to here's a, a real simple rule of thumb to do it. You pick the you pick the number of reps that you want to do for an exercise, you know, and you don't have to do four sets of it. Just do one, maybe two. Okay. You say to yourself, you do okay, two. okay, you do two. You say to yourself, all right, I'm going to do a straight bar bench, and I'm going to put uh, 55 pounds on there, mm-hmm. and I can get nine. Mm-hmm. When I get to the point where I can get 12, I'm going to go to 60 pounds. Okay. When I can get 12 okay. reasonably, not without killing myself and arching my back and pushing my feet off the ground and everything else. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know you're all excited. You've been lifting for a week, a year and a half, and you're feeling pretty, pretty buff and pretty strong. And you're thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, posing in front of the mirror half the time. You got mirrors all over your house as you walk around. You know, flexing. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, right. <laughs> so, given yeah, that you, yeah, you. You decide when when you can handle a certain weight a particular amount of times, then you say to yourself, I'm going to go up five pounds. I'll go up five. Now, you should still be making gains, by the way. My wife my wife is 125 pounds, and just yesterday she, she did the 50-pound dumbbells on the bench okay. nine times. Okay. Yeah, wow. so she's, okay. she's a beast. I, I hate, she doesn't like when I call her a hog. But in the weight room, you call a guy a hog. That's a compliment, but I guess you can't call a woman that. That's not a compliment. Okay, so I, I don't know. Right. I, call her, I call her a beast, though. So given that, yeah. your soreness should have long since gone away. And if it okay. didn't, then you're doing something wrong. Okay. And maybe it is, like you said, maybe I'm just pushing myself too hard. So, could, could be uh, you know, and I lived with some friends, so it's kind of like we're always kind of challenging oh, each yeah, other. Yeah, a competition. So. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So... But maybe well, I'm proud of you. Back down off of it. Year and a half. God bless you. I'm proud of you. You motivated me. It, it was you telling me the importance of it <laughs> that made me go after it. So uh, was I right or was I right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and how you know I feel strong, but then I'll tell you, like I lift last night and then bless I, you. Now, I gotta run, honey. Walk with God, everybody. God can lift the whole world. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.